another episode of Ayasha Ministries Let's Rap Reveal podcast. Once again, we want to welcome those who are listening for the very first time. We always like to say it is not by chance or coincidence that you have found this podcast today, but it is by God's divine order, and He has ordered your steps right to our Let's Rap Reveals podcast. And also to those who are returning listeners, thank you. Thank you for continuing to listen, like, comment, and share. On our last episode, I covered this brand new series introducing the subject of You're As Sick As Your Secrets. In our introductory, we talked about generational curses and what it means and how generational sin affects not only you, but the next generation. We talked about Deuteronomy, the fifth chapter and the ninth verse, how the word of God says, for I, the Lord, thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the father upon the children unto the third and the fourth generation. The Lord was letting the children of Israel know that he would not accept worshiping of any other gods. Why? Because he is a jealous God. And when we look at the New Living Translation version, it goes on to say that he would not tolerate their affection for any other gods. And if they did, he would lay the sins of the parent upon the children. It goes on to tell us that the entire family is affected, even the children in the third and fourth generation. I told you in the introduction of this series that your choices matter. Don't you think for a minute that the decision and the choices you make in your life only affect you. If that's what you think, you are sadly mistaken. Just like our physical health conditions are hereditary, we inherit the propensity to sin from our forefathers. They inherited from their fathers all the way to the day of Adam in the garden. Romans 5 and 19 tells us, as through one man's disobedience, which was Adam, many were made sinners. Through our genes and sinful nature, we are born into sin, shaped into iniquity. No one has to teach us how to sin. It's in our nature, the natural part of our being. That's why we have to be regenerated, born again by the Spirit of God. In that same verse, Romans 5 and 19, it goes on to say, Many became sinners, but because one other person obeyed God, which is Jesus Christ, many will be made righteous. It is only, my brothers and sisters, through the blood of Jesus, through the Spirit of God, through the one man, Jesus Christ, that we can break the patterns of destruction, the pattern of sin and death, of generational curses and generational behaviors of sin. I am Elder Shanina Walker, and today on Let's Wrap, we're going to be continuing with this powerful series entitled Generational Curses, Generational Sin, Part 1, Sins of the Father. Before we begin exploring the families in the Bible and the different generational curses or generational sin uh, patterns of behavior that these families dealt with, I want to just talk a minute about the types of curses from generation sin that is dealt that we deal with that is identified by name by people maybe in families um there is predispositions to diseases and illness that occurs throughout different families and maybe you are familiar with some of these different things that i'm gonna be talking about that i'm gonna be mentioning now predisposition to diseases if you ever notice maybe a certain family or maybe your own family you see where a spirit of arthritis runs through that family or maybe a spirit of cancer 
uh, uh, continue one diagnosis after another. Maybe the grandmother died of breast cancer and the aunt contracted breast cancer and, and now the daughter has breast cancer and the child has breast cancer or different cancers that run through the family. Maybe diabetes. You've seen a whole family bloodline of diabetes, that spirit following that family. The spirit of diabetes or the, the sickness or disease of diabetes follows that family. Heart trouble, high blood pressure. Maybe there have been multiple miscarriages in the family where you know the mother had several miscarriages and now that same uh, spirit is affecting the daughter. The inability to conceive is one where maybe there's barren people throughout the family. Several members of the family are barren. These are the things when you do a genogram that you're able to see the pattern of these type of things that occur through our families. Now, maybe there's some that deal with depressive disorders or mental disorders. If you look in the family, you look down the bloodline of that family, not only did the child deal with it, but the parent dealt with it, the grandparent dealt with it. And if you go back generation to generation, you'll see how that, that same uh, spirit or that same uh, curse has plagued that family. There's also uh, the propensity towards addiction and alcoholism and nicotine or drugs or a food disorder. If you begin to look back and look throughout the uh, bloodline, and we talked about this in the last, uh, in our introductory, on how alcoholism just runs through the family. Or you may see drug addiction running through the family, not just one person addicted to drugs, but several people. And then there's uh, the habitual destructive or abnormal patterns in relationships. These are other things that follow families and follow bloodlines or follow the family tree. Maybe there's someone that continues to be very angry or argumentative. You know that uh, just a family that's angry all the time and, and the whole family fight. You, you know, one person in the family fight, you got to fight them all because they, they all have that same uh, a spirit of angerness and that same argumentative spirit. Or maybe you notice that divorce follows a family where multiple people throughout the bloodline or throughout the family has divorced unfaithfulness. You see, uh, adultery following the family or unfaithfulness following the family. Maybe there's abuse, emotional, mental, physical abuse, a uh, spiritual that continues to follow the family. There's so many different type of habitual, destructive, abnormal patterns that go on throughout families and relationships where you notice a, a hostility or a controlling spirit or a manipulation spirit. I know the spirit of manipulation run rampant sometime in families and not only is the, the father a manipulator or the mother a manipulator, but then the child becomes a manipulator or domination. You, you find that dominating spirit throughout families, the spirit of a Jezebel or controlling spirit or revengeful spirit or unforgiveness or bitterness or just betrayal that runs through family. And then you have misogyny and you have Miss Aunt uh, Andre where that misogyny is uh, the hatred of women. And then you have Miss Andre, which is the hatred of men. So sometimes that runs through families and bloodlines. You have habitual individual behaviors. There are so many different type of things that can follow bloodlines, habitual individual behavior where there's violence. And again, there's anger or abuse. And there's again, unforgiveness or maybe pride or just greed or selfishness or materialism or arrogance or, or judgmental people that, that, that just follows that bloodline and just greed that follows the bloodline and, and, or you may have a habitual pattern of sexual sin. Again, we go back to adultery, 
fornication or maybe throughout the family there was prostitution the mother prostituted the grandmother prostituted the daughter prostitutes homosexuality you begin to shake the family tree and you thinking you're the only one dealing with that spirit if you go back you'll find uncle johnny dealt with that spirit your granddaddy your grandmom dealt with that spirit Again, the spirit of incest follows generational curses. It follows the bloodline. And, and if you just go back and you begin to look at, I, I remember watching this show and the it, it followed the family. The father molested his sons and then the sons in turn began to molest uh, the other uh, brother's children. And this was a well-known prominent person, but it, that spirit continued to follow that bloodline. It continued to follow that family. And then we continue to carry it on and on and on again. And then you have a uh, pornography and you have a lust spirit and you have sexual promiscuity. You have sexual perversion, sexual addiction. You have rape that follow family. You have sexual abuse that follow family. These are some of the habitual patterns of sin or sexual sin that follows families. Bestiality. These are some of the things. Premature deaths uh, uh, from violence or odd deaths. Um, it, I remember the, the Kennedys. There was a lot of premature deaths that occurred in that family. Generational curses that follow particular families. If you begin to look back, and, or maybe the daddy died at 50, the son died at 50, the, that child died at 50. It, these are generational curses. Deaths from murder, uh, maybe um, committed murder or attempted murder or suicide or, or tragic accidents occurred throughout the family. If you begin to look down the bloodline, one accident after another, something tragic was always going on within the family. Or maybe there's a history of prison where imprisonment where not only just one child has been in prison but the father was in prison now the son is in prison and his son is in prison and and these are curses these are generational uh curses that follow the bloodline or generational sins that follow the bloodline there's also evidence of the occult or demonic activity that follows bloodlines. You have the superstitions that people uh, carry on and pass on from one generation to the next generation. And, and then there's an evolve in the cult, such as witchcraft and Wicca and uh, astrology and spiritualism and divination. And, and then the psychic or the, the abilities and, and then the blood covenant with Satan himself, satanic worship. And I talked about in the last, in our introductory, we talked about financial uh, uh, curses that follow families, difficulty, poverty, Talked about how maybe uh, this family was on uh, welfare and then the, um, maybe the grandmother was on welfare, the mother was on welfare, the daughter's on welfare. Uh, family feuds, unresolved conflict, idolatry, religious prejudices and racial prejudices. These are things that follow bloodlines and it don't only come because of the spiritual aspect of it or the, the, the generational curse aspect of it, behaviors of sin or, or generational patterns of behavior of sin. These things are passed down, passed down from one generation to another generation. And this is all I wanted you to be able to see. I want to just set this up so you can know all the different types of things that people deal with. Maybe you found yourself in, in some of these things that I mentioned, and maybe you see that your family is dealing with some of these things. I want you to know it's not just your family. The Bible, there's nothing in the word that there's nothing that we don't go through that's not already in the word of God. When we go back and look through the scriptures and the word of God, it's in there. So today, 
beloved. Today, I want to cover a patriotic family in the Bible. I want to begin to talk about the bloodline or the generational bloodline of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We want to take a look at how that family had patterns or generational sin of behavior, how uh, certain things follow that family, how generational curses begin to follow that family. I want to look into that today. Let's begin to go into the scripture so we can begin to take a look at the bloodline of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The first thing I want to do is show a similarity of comparison between uh, the life of Abraham and the life of Isaac. When we look through the word, there were a number of comparisons, a number of similarities that followed Isaac and Abraham's life. When we look down and then that same thing flowed down to Jacob. So this Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we're going to be looking at. We're also going to look at the wives' lives on how they compared also. But we want to first start out with what um, spirit or what sin pattern of behavior followed Abraham's bloodline. And one that stood out immediately was a spirit of deception. Now, what exactly does the word deception mean? Now, deception mean, or it is a act of making someone believe something that's not true. The act of deceiving someone, a falsehood. It is an act or a statement of misleading to hide the truth or uh, to promote a misconception or an idea of something that's not true. Lying, in other words, uh, or distorting the truth. How many people you know, or maybe your own family has a family history of deceivers. Uh, throughout your family history, there's just a bunch of people who's always trying to deceive someone or always lying or always trying to get over or, or trying to mislead someone or twist the truth. Just a family of deceivers. This is what was going on in Abraham's family. His bloodline history shows that there was a family history of deception. Keep in mind, we are talking about the sins of the father, the sins of the father. And this particular sin, this spirit of deception, it began with Abraham. So the similarity between um, Abraham and Isaac is number one, they both have beautiful wives. And because they had these beautiful wives, they fear for their own safety. They were thinking that they may be killed um, so that someone else might take their wife and marry them. Let's just take a look at that. If you turn with me to Genesis, the 12th chapter, we'll begin with Abraham. And in Genesis, the 12th chapter and the 11th verse, it reads, and it came to pass when he was come near unto Egypt, that he said unto Sarah, his wife, Sarah, his wife, behold, now I know thou art a fair woman to look upon. Therefore it shall come to pass when the Egyptians shall see thee, that they shall say, this is his wife and they will kill me, but they will save thee alive. Say, I pray thee that thou art my sister, that it may be well with me for thy sake and my soul shall live because of thee. So this is Abraham premeditating and plotting. He doesn't even know what the outcome is going to be yet, but he's already perpetrating this deception in his mind. And not only did he perpetrate this deception, but he pulled Sarah in on it as well. 
And Abraham didn't just do this once, but Abraham done this twice. So if we turn to Genesis, the 20th chapter and begin to look at the second verse, we will see that it says, and Abraham said unto Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gier, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said unto him, behold, thou art of a dead man for the woman which I have taken for she is a man's wife. Fourth verse, but Abimelech had not come near her. And he said, Lord, will thou slay also a righteous nation? He goes on to say, said he not unto me, she is my sister. And she even herself said, he is my brother in the integrity of my heart and innocence of my hand. Have I done this? So we see right here that not only does Abraham have a spirit of deception, but he's also called Sarah to go along with that as well. So she's also operating in that same spirit of deception, which was about to get the king of uh, Abimelech wiped out because God wasn't playing. He shut up everybody's womb in that kingdom for Sarah's sake. He was not going to allow uh, anyone to go into Sarah because that was not how the promise was supposed to be fulfilled. Now let's leap forward and see what Isaac did. We see that Isaac uh, did the same thing that his father did. That same spirit of deception that Abraham played out, Isaac years later played out the same deception. If you look at Genesis, the 26th chapter and the seventh verse, it reads, and Isaac dwelled in Gear. And the men of the place asked him of his wife. And he said, she is my sister. For he feared to say, she is my wife. Least, said he, the men of the place should kill me for Rebecca because she is fair to look upon. So we see that the only difference between um, Isaac and Abraham is Abraham concocted his decession before he even got to Egypt. But we see that um Isaac was asked about Rachel and instead of him telling the truth, he began to say that she was his sister. The same deception that his father perpetrated, he's now perpetrating. I come to realize that the bottom line was that they both liked faith at this time, that they both lied out of fear. Why do I say that? Because they feared that God would protect them. God sent them there, but they didn't have enough faith to believe that God would protect them there. Their unbelief caused them to operate in a spirit of deception. So we see both of them sin in the presence of, of King Abimelech. We see both of them were rebuked by the ruler because if we look down in the 26th chapter and we begin to look at the ninth verse, we see that an Abimelech called Isaac and said, behold, of a certainty, she is thy wife. And how saith thou, she is my sister. And Isaac said unto him, because I said, least I die for her. So here he is again, just like his father, thinking that I'm going to die. They're going to kill me for her. So we see that the same deceptive spirit that was in Abraham is also following Isaac. Another comparison that we can make, uh, this comparison is between Sarai and between uh, Rebecca is that at a, for a point in time, Sarah was barren. She was unable to bear the promise that was to come. She was not able to conceive for years and years. And we know it was not until she was of her old age stricken that God allowed her to conceive. Also, if we look in 
of the chapter 25 in the 21st verse, we also read that Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren and the Lord entreated him for Rebecca. And then Rebecca was able to conceive it also. So this is another similarity between the two lives that they're both of their wives for a period of time were barren. Another comparison that the Lord began to reveal to me was not only uh, were they dealing with the spirits of deception throughout their bloodline, we also see that there was a comparison of a uh, abnormal pattern in relationships throughout this bloodline or throughout this family. Why do I say that? Because we see that um, Sarai began to manipulate a situation or a circumstance before she was able to conceive or bear uh, Isaac, she gave over Hagar, her handmaid, to Abraham. She began to manipulate that situation. She began to try to work it out and figure it out by herself. So what did she do? She gave Abraham her handmaid, Hagar, and Abraham went into Hagar. Hagar conceived Ishmael. So we see now a pattern starting to form of abnormal pattern of relationships. It was right here where that spirit of sibling rivalry began. It began right here with Sarah, Hagar, Ishmael, and Isaac. Because we know that later on, after Sarah conceived and she bared um, Isaac, there was a problem between Isaac and Ishmael. In the book of Genesis, the 21st chapter and the 8th verse, we see that the child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast the same day for Isaac that he was weaned. And the Bible says in the ninth verse that Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had bore unto Abraham, mocking. Wherefore, she said unto Abraham, cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. So we see here that this is where it all began. And they continued to this pattern of behavior throughout their bloodline. Because here it is. Now Sarah don't want Ishmael to have any part in the inheritance. And she told Abraham to cast him out. Only because Ishmael was marking. Ishmael was picking with Isaac. Now as we begin to go back and look at Isaac. And we begin to look at Rebekah. And we go back to the 25th verse and the uh, 25th chapter and the 21st verse. We see that the uh, Isaac had entreated the Lord. And the Bible says that Rebekah, his wife, conceived. And we see in the 22nd verse, the Bible says that the children struggled together within her. And she said, if it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. She can understand why there was a struggle going on within her womb. What was happening to her? That same spirit of civil rivalry was occurring within her womb. The 23rd verse says, and the Lord said unto her, two nations are in thy womb. Two men as a people shall be separated from thy bow. He said, one people shall be stronger than the other people and the elder shall serve the younger. Now, up to this point, we know that it was a custom um, for birthrights to be given to the older child. But the Bible is telling us here, he said that the elder shall serve the younger. But we know that uh, normally the birthright would go to the oldest son in the family, the one 
who received the birthright was honored with double share of the father inheritance. And this was a special honor for the birthright also included rights and privileges as well as responsibilities. But we see here that um, for one, Sarah didn't want Ishmael. They have no part of the birthright. And now we see again, the Lord declaring that the elder will serve the younger. Now, when the day of her deliverance were fulfilled, we see that there was a struggle even coming out of the womb. For the Bible says in the 25th chapter of Genesis and the 25th verse that the first came out red all over, hairy garment, and they call his name Esau. And after that, the brother came out and his hand took hold of his brother heel and his name was called Jacob. Now keep in mind, this is entitled the sins of the father. Now we've covered Abraham and we showed how that deceptive spirit began with Abraham and it passed on to Isaac and now it's falling upon his son, the sins of the father. If you know anything about this, we see here where there's a pattern of history going on now. We've set a pattern of behavior, a pattern of generational curse. A, be, a pattern of generational sin that began to take place throughout this bloodline. As much as I would like to continue on, I believe that we're going to stop right here. And then on part two, we're going to pick up with Jacob and Esau. And we're going to begin to look at how that spirit of deception began to increase and get stronger and stronger over years throughout time. This is how the enemy works. He began, he, he implanted that seed years ago, way back when with your ancestors, but he began to perpetrate and begin to play on generation after generation after generation. This same sin begins to root itself throughout the family. It begins to follow your generation, begins to follow the bloodline. So when we come back, we're going to pick up with the story of Esau and Jacob. I want you to stay with me. Don't miss the next episode because we're going to continue on throughout this bloodline showing you how this thing played out. Already we see that we began with the spirit of deception with Abraham and then it went on to uh, Isaac. We see that we dealt with a spirit of manipulation through Sarah and then we see that we're going on to sibling rivalry and we're going to show how it continued to escalate over the years and we continue to see other unhealthy patterns of sin that formulated throughout this family and throughout this bloodline. So please, please, please come back and listen to the next episode. Continue to listen, like, comment, and most of all, share, share, share. We are no longer under the curse. We are no longer under a sin and death. Every chain, every generational curse, every generational sin of behavior can be broken in your life through the blood of Jesus. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you today. I thank you for this series, God. I thank you for what you're doing even now, God. I know, Father, that your word will not go out and return to you void, but it will accomplish that what you sent it to do. So I thank you for the ears of the listeners today. I thank you for those hearts you are penetrating right now, God, through your word. I thank you for how you're allowing them to see, God, those patterns of sin behavior that need to be broken in their lives, God. I thank you, God, for breaking those chains, God, that we will not repeat the sins and of the pains of our ancestors, oh God, but we will break those chains in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. It is in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to thank you for listening, liking, commenting, and sharing. You better know that the curse is broken. 
And if you are listening for the very first time, I want you to know that we are on Facebook. We want you to be a part of our Facebook family. So please go to Facebook and look up Yasha Ministry Walker on Facebook and join us. We also want you to be a part of our Let's Rap Reveals group page on Facebook. That's Let's Rap uh, Reveal group page on Facebook. We also are on several platforms. You can hear us on Pandora Podcast. You can hear us on Twitter. You can hear us on iTunes. You can hear us on WordPress.com. You can hear us on YouTube. There are many platforms out there to catch the Yasha Ministry Let's Rap Reveal Podcast. I want you to know, as always, we greatly appreciate you continuing to support this ministry. We have a spot on the podcast that says become a patron. You can give as little as $5 or more a month, whatever you so choose. It's easy to cancel at any time. I want you to know there's no amount too great or too small that would not be greatly appreciated. As always, I love you. But you better always know that God will love you more. Until the next time, I am Elder Shanina Walker. Don't miss this next episode of Generation Curses, Generational Sins, Sins of the Father. Until the next time, have a blessed day.